Gentlemen, we went over the rules in the dressing room. I want to caution to keep this fight clean at all times, and what I say you must obey. Live from the WKOM studio in downtown Columbia, it's time to wake up and get woke. It's three dudes with a view. Let's get it all! Eastbound and down, loaded up and trucking. Are we gonna do what they say can't be done? We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm eastbound up, watch old bandit run. Hello, Southern Middle Tennessee. My name is Del Kennedy. I am dude number three. Happy Monday, folks. We are three dudes with a view. I am dude number three, Del Kennedy. Dude number two, Clayton Harris, apparently is still out there driving that bus. I don't... Mike Cloud, we heard anything from him? Hadn't heard anything yet. Okay. I'm sure he'll be in sooner or later. We'll hear something shortly. All right. And Mr. Jim York, dude number one, how are you? Good morning, Delk. Look like you done made it back. You full recovered, or did you drink enough dickle to kind of saturate your body? I think I'm okay, Mr. York. I'm, I'm here. The uh, Clayton Harris is. is uh, I see him now. Clayton, how are you, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, Delk. I'm uh, en route. School uh, bus up and going this morning, and uh, doing much better. I hope you hope you're doing well too. All right, dude number two, Clayton Harris. All right, we have a special guest with us today, uh, Columbia Mayor Chaz Mulder. How are you, Mayor Mulder? I'm doing well, Del. Good to see you this morning. Okay, folks, we're going to talk with uh, Mayor Chaz Mulder this, today about he is running for re-election as the mayor of Columbia. He served uh, one term uh, already and uh, is running for re-election as mayor of Columbia. Chaz, I've known you since you were a boy. Uh he has lived here in this community all of his life, except to go away to college and law school, and uh, and and loves this community. It's, I mean, that's always been visible with Chaz. He he loves Columbia. That's right. There you go. And you live here with your wife, Elizabeth, and three children? That's right. Three children, two of whom, I believe, are listening as we speak so just a special shout out to them this morning Hugh and BB my two littles they were excited to know that daddy was going to be on the radio today so I just wanted to say hello to them there you go now how old are your three children my daughter Marley is 12 I take her to school every morning at Whitthorn Middle School and really enjoy those conversations uh, and the opportunity to take my girl to school and then my middle child Hugh is nine he's a fourth grader at Woodard Elementary and then my baby girl BB is a first grader at Woodard so uh, we have our hands full at our house right now no kidding and time flies so i mean that they uh i mean they're, they're all of a sudden they're yeah they're growing up aren't they time flies for sure for Golly sure the days they're... are long but the years are short as they say they are growing up uh, that uh that's that startles me even all right Chaz. uh let's talk about it. you've been mayor now almost four years uh, and i want to start out a little bit though uh, by just how your job works, because Columbia does not have a full-time mayor. You, I think, what you actually get a salary of five thousand a year, which you actually give back to the city. Uh, it's a part-time position, or extremely part-time. I know from being personally acquainted that you spend 
you know, probably 90% of your time, at least more working very hard as a practicing lawyer. Uh, how, how does, how does, how does it work to be this part-time mayor? Well, that's a great question, and, and a lot of people actually don't realize, Delk, so I'm glad you pointed it out, that it is, in fact, a part-time role. To It's, uh, it's not even – part-time is sort of deceiving. That sounds right. like 20 hours a week right. or something. Yeah, right. it, it, well, I, I would say I probably, on average, w- would, would dedicate about 20 hours right. a week if you were to look at my, my normal day. I mean, even though I'm at my law office, uh, you know, 90% of the time I do a lot of work out of that office that, you know, phone calls and emails and, and things that are mayor-related. But – you know, the county mayor, as you know, Delk, is a full-time position um, that, that, that Mayor Bud is in the courthouse on the first floor on, on a daily basis, and that's distinguished from, from the city mayor, which is, as they say, a part-time position. Uh, it's a city manager form of government, if you want to get into the weeds a little bit. Really, as I say, the city manager is sort of the CEO of day-to-day operations uh, in the government, and, and I'm basically the chairman of the board in the sense that I chair the city council. And, of course, you know, having the mayor's title certainly brings brings with that some um, some influence and, and and a little bit of a soapbox for sure uh, and I try to use that in a way that that's, that's reasonable and responsible but uh, at the end of the day it is it is a little bit of a misnomer on some of the power that I think folks uh, think that the mayor has because really a lot of that derives from the city manager we just sort of oversee things and I'll say I'll say this Dilk I was actually thinking about this morning I've had the opportunity to know a lot of, of, of former mayors uh, for Columbia. And, you know, a lot of our former mayors have actually been re- retirement age by the time that they served in the role. And uh, I learned pretty quickly that, that there was probably a reason for that commonality. And, and that's because it truly is difficult to to, to manage, uh, first and foremost, my number one priority, which is being a husband and a dad, uh, and then to manage my, my own private practice and, and the livelihood that, I, that I'm obligated to, to feed my family, and then to put it in uh, also the mayor's role as well. So those are three pretty important jobs. They're difficult to balance. I'll say I feel like I found a pretty good balance. Uh, I hope I have anyway. It's not perfect, but it's a pretty good balance. Now, I will also say that uh, you add to that running for, for mayor in addition to being the mayor uh, becomes a little bit more challenging and, and definitely has me stretched a little more thin, but uh, that'll be over soon and uh, we'll continue to, to move forward in a positive direction. There you go. So I mean, give give us an idea of how this works. I mean, t- what what will you be doing on a weekly basis as mayor? What are- well, it, it d- depends really on which week it is. If it's the, the first and second week, uh, we have city council meetings on Thursday nights. First Thursday of the month is study session where really a lot of the work happens. Second Thursday of the month is the formal voting council meeting where, where we take the formal votes. Uh, we have a planning commission meeting, which I sit on one month or one night a month on Wednesday nights. Various other meetings uh, and, and events and obligations throughout the day. Last week, we welcomed our second year uh, Columbia Youth Mayor's Council. So I went to speak with them at City Hall for an hour last week. So just a lot of different things. You, what I've learned in this job, number one, you have to have a lot of energy um, because it, it takes a lot to, to keep going on a, on a daily basis. I get a lot of my energy from my family. I, I wake up every day and go for a five-mile run, which I can sort of you know just get ready for the day. I, I attribute that a lot to the energy that I have. But in addition to having a lot of energy, you have to also have a lot of patience, I think, in the job. Uh, but, but those two things are sort of what, what keep me going on 
on a daily basis. And, and again, you really never know what the day is going to bring. It's a very diverse position. Um, I may be talking to someone about their trash that might not have gotten picked up and that we're working on that. Or I may be talking to someone who's wanting to bring, you know, a 600 new job development to the city of Columbia. I try to treat everyone with the same amount of respect uh, that, that, you know, I think they should be treated. And I think you see that with me. There you go. Okay. Um, now, let's let's talk about it. When when you ran for mayor, uh, what did you hope to accomplish, and how have you found the experience to be as mayor, where you either you could or could not accomplish what you hope to accomplish. Well, of course, uh, anyone that's been in public office over the last four years. Good morning, Clayton, by the way. We can now let the record record reflect that all dudes are now present. Uh, Anyone that's been in office over the last four years knows that it's it's been a difficult period to serve in public office. Uh, Obviously, with the COVID-19 pandemic uh, that we battled through with some of the social unrest that we saw across the country, it was a a difficult four years, and I don't think that any of us expected that uh, when I took office in January of 2019 that just a little over a year later, uh, really this entire world would be turned upside down with with the global pandemic. So I ran for office uh, initially, Delk, because I felt like Columbia needed someone that could be a positive face in the community, that could be a role model for everybody, not just some people, but for all people that would represent our community well, whether or not serving here at home or whether or not sitting around the table with the governor in Nashville or visiting with our federal delegation uh, in Congress in Washington, D.C. And and I've tried to keep that in mind as I serve, uh, that really my primary role is to represent our community in a way that, that they can be proud. There are a few other things I think that are important to point out. One thing is particularly with regard to our financial management. Um, what I learned early on is that the city of Columbia is a well-managed government from a financial perspective. We have a double A plus bond rating. Uh, we've actually been able to cut expenditures uh, at a time when most folks are are adding to expenditures. Um, and so we've seen a lot of positive from the financial side that I wanted to make sure we continued. And I feel like we've actually built on that uh, in an even more positive direction. So um, that was really the main piece was to be a positive face, a positive role model, and to continue that financial management in a sound, fiscally conservative kind of way, which is exactly what we've done. Obviously, we haven't been perfect. Uh, there are things that, that we you know want to do differently, and I think you know primarily one of the reasons that I'm running again is to build on some of the success that we've seen in this community over the last four years. We've got a lot of momentum, a lot of positive things happening, and uh, I just wasn't ready to, to let that go by the wayside quite yet. There you go. Okay, now... Well, uh, let's continue on that theme of positive things that have happened during your first term and and how that might translate into a second term and a continuation of those positive things. Um, And I think you sort of hinted at it, but what are the things that happened in your first term that that, um, you're the proudest of? Well, again, I think the fact that we are a well-managed financial um, government is is probably the most positive thing that I could say. I mean, we um, are very diligent in how we manage the taxpayers' dollars. I think that's probably, in addition to public safety, that's our primary objective as a city government is to use the taxpayers' dollars wisely. Uh, again, when you have uh, increased revenues but an opportunity to, to cut expenditures, that's something that you don't really see. I think it's something that 
that I wish our federal government uh, could take note, uh, and, and even our state government for that matter. I mean, the state government passes balanced budgets as we do here locally, but uh, you know, I don't think that you're seeing them cut expenditures at a time when they have a record no. amount of revenues. Now, by all accounts, the city is uh, very well fiscally managed. Yeah. yeah, and so I think that is an important piece. We continue to 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 invest heavily in our public safety. Uh, Columbia Police Department and Columbia Fire. We've been uh, we've con- over three million dollars in just new infrastructure improvements with those departments alone over the last couple of years, which I think again is important uh, to, to to highlight. And then overall, generally speaking, Delk, really just the momentum that you see in this community, whether it be First Fridays on a Friday night, uh, whether it be out at Ridley Park on the weekend, whether it be the number of tourists that are coming to town just to visit, uh, and then certainly the people that are coming to town to live. Um, there's a positive uh, just sense of, of, uh, of forward momentum that we're experiencing here that I don't know that it's ever been experienced ever before. And then the last piece I'll say, Delk, is over the last four years, we've seen over 1,200 new jobs brought to this community. And I think that's something that certainly as the mayor I can be proud of. Uh, I can't take all the credit. Uh, we've been partners with the Murray Alliance in that regard in economic development. And over 1,200 jobs and over $500 million in, in capital investment to bring those jobs here. Not just jobs, but jobs that have a good wage. Jobs that, that we can you know employ people that live here, that can afford to live here, which is an important piece. It's not just about jobs, but what are the wages of those jobs. And so, um, by all accounts, from a jobs perspective, Columbia's done really well over the last four years, and I don't see any signs of that slowing down. That's fantastic. The the growth is undeniable. Um, All right, folks, let's take this break, and then we will come back and continue speaking with Mayor Chaz Mulder. Parks Motor Sales in Columbia has a large assortment of quality new and pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs, a trusted sales staff, and financing plans that fit any budget. Visit Parks once and you'll quickly discover why people all over Middle Tennessee have been buying vehicles there for more than 60 years. And factory certified technicians can service and repair your vehicle as long as you own it. Go to ParksMotorSales.com or stop by the lot at 919 Nashville Highway and take a test drive today. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. 
Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Serving Murray County for 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has provided the highest quality jewelry at the very best prices. They work hard to make their customers happy, and it's paid off. Their customers keep going back. Quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. We offer jewelry loans up to $4,500, and we will buy your gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still the same. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hi, this is Dr. Wendy Tui from the Dr. Gill Center. Most chronic back problems are caused by compression from the disc becoming thinner and bulging as we get older. All we have to do is treat the disc by gently decompressing the spine. You may not have to rely on dangerous drugs, risky injections, and often unnecessary surgeries. If you are experiencing neck, back, hip, or leg pain, it's likely we can help you. Initial exam and x-rays, $39. Call me painfree.com or 615-551-9224. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Are we gonna do what they say can't be done? We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm eastbound up, watch your bandit run. Welcome back to Three Dudes with a View. I am dude number three, Delta Kennedy. Dude number two, Clayton Harris. How you doing? Doing well, Delta. Good morning, everybody. Dude number one, Mr. Jim York. How are you? Good morning, Delta. Good morning, everybody. All right. We've got a very special guest with us this morning, uh, Mayor Chaz Mulder of Columbia. How are you, Mayor? I'm glad to be here. I'm doing very well this morning. It's always a good morning to spend downtown Columbia on a Monday morning. There you go. And as I said before, I've known Chaz since he was a boy. Uh, he's lived here in Columbia uh, all of his life except time away to college and law school now he's back here he he's always evidenced a love for columbia um he's got a wife and three children and lives right here in columbia and he's just served his first term as mayor and is running for re-election and that uh that that's going to be november 8th same day election day that's right, right. general election november 8th 2022 there you go all right mr york uh, good morning, Mayor. Uh, I want to talk about a couple of things. I think, uh, first of all, I want to say you, you've been an exemplary uh, person in representing Columbia. You, you've, you've done a lot of things, I think, that bring this community together and keep it together uh, with all the social turmoil around different parts of the country. Uh, and, and I applaud you for that. But let's talk about some of the other things. I know uh, I've heard you speak about uh, the 7th Street Project, and I know it was a lot of angst on people that worked or lived in that area. And I know that my former company was one that kind of put you in, in the pickle barrel on that. But uh, 
Tell us a little bit about that, uh, and and what do you see as an outcome? People going through all the angst and stuff. What's the outcome of it? Well, uh, you know, I just can't escape the West Seventh Street question, no matter no matter where I go. So uh, I appreciate that question, Mister York, and I thank you also for your comments, your kind comments. Uh, those mean a lot to me. Uh, you know, the West Seventh Street project uh, is a project that started, you know, well before I became mayor. Uh, it was, I believe, actually uh, a good vision, uh, but something certainly that was in the works prior to my becoming mayor. And so I happened to be in office at the time that that project was just beginning um and you know i remember when when the sort of we were at the worst of the worst of that project when it seemed like it hadn't moved in you know in months and we had the contractor come to our city council meeting and i remember asking him or or, or maybe saying to him that a lot of people are questioning whether or not this project will be worth it when it's over and at that point i was beginning to question the same um and i think now looking back i think it was worth it i think when you drive into downtown columbia and have the beautiful uh just streetscape and and seeing the courthouse with the lights and, and the banners and the benches uh, on a newly paved nice nice flowing road i think it was worth it uh, I, I believe it was anyway but it was definitely a difficult uh time to to go through it i mean this radio station is really at ground zero of of that project i lived at the time right off of west 6th street i'd traveled down every single day i don't know how many times i had to take my clothes to the dry cleaning because i was spilling coffee um bumping around trying to get down west 7th um but you know and mr york to your question yes i mean we can we can throw a lot of blame uh on on various people i think at this point uh, i'm more interested looking forward than backward and 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 i'm proud of the fact that we have a a new uh, entry point um from the west coming in that's beautiful and something i think everybody can be proud and uh, sure, there were some 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 pains during that time. I'll tell you, I went down to Lawrenceburg a few months ago to speak to the local Rotary Club down there. They invited me to speak and was happy to go, obviously, to, 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 to shout out all the good things happening in Columbia to our friends down to the south. And right now, they're having a very similar project in their downtown. It's the same grant money um, from, from the state that's a, through the federal government and same same project and they're in a very uh significant delay right now and do you know the reason for the delay it's at&t and so we were able to compare notes on that and and uh you know but at the end of the day again i'm I'm more interested looking forward and we've got something i think we should all be proud of now and now we're just trying to figure out you know where we can continue to to improve our our streets and the streetscape because uh it's very beautiful coming in from the west side but we want to make sure it's beautiful coming in from all sides yeah but people don't understand uh, mayor that when you move a telephone cable you've got different things that you have to do. You don't just move it and and, and keep it going. Uh, another question I want to ask you, as you know, there's a lot of growth in Columbia, uh, and, and we are looking at uh, having to build a number of different schools to educate the kids and, and, and getting ready for people moving here. And the question, the, the comment's been thrown out, well, the county spends all the money taking care of the schools, and the city doesn't spend any money. What what can we do, or what can the city do to assist the county in providing the proper number of schools throughout this county? Well, I'd say 
first and foremost, Mr. York, the the city of Columbia resident and taxpayer represents over sixty percent of the county tax base, and so the city resident is 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 very clearly uh, paying its fair share, more than its fair share of of county taxes, which are going to support our our school system. So I think really the conversation has to first start there. But I would actually say it even has to start back a little bit to say we got to understand that we're all in this together. Uh, we're all a, a team. When when Murray County, when county government has, for example, the new broadband announcement that I heard Tom Price speaking about earlier today, it's a great thing for Murray County. Uh, I'm so happy that the county residents who don't have broadband are going to have access to broadband. Uh, I wrote a letter in support. I was one of the letters that wrote it in support of that grant. Um, and that's going to benefit county residents, not city residents. We, we already have broadband, thankfully, in the city of Columbia. But you know what? We don't look at it that way. What we look at it is this is an opportunity for, for our county, our community as a whole, to move forward. And so I think we should look at it from that perspective first, that, that we're in this together. We're a team. Uh, we're all doing our, our fair share and, and maybe even more. And, and sure, uh, you know, with growth comes infrastructure needs, some of which we can control as a city government. And I do believe from a city perspective we're, we're doing that, some of which are, are outside of our control. And, and that's with regards to, to schools in particular. And, you know, county government has always been in the business of providing schools uh, for our communities. It's how it works all across the state and in most parts of the country. And again, from a tax perspective, the, the city resident is contributing more than its fair share uh, when you look at the percentage that we make up of the county tax base. And I think that's that's the, that's the first exhibit um, that I would submit to you. And in addition, uh, sales tax dollars uh, that were, again, over 50% of the total sales tax dollars, Mr. York, that, that come into the county as a whole. And the portion that goes to the county goes for schools. And so uh, we are definitely uh, doing our part in, in those two regards. And, you know, I had a meeting at City Hall on Friday with, with Lisa Ventura, the new superintendent of schools. And we want to figure out ways to partner with the school system. We want to uh, provide a lending hand where we can. And, and we've done that uh, on occasions in the past, and I think that's something that we'll continue to do. I'm a very strong proponent of public schools. I happen to believe that as goes our schools, as go our community. And uh, I'm always going to advocate for our school system. And uh, I don't know that there'll ever be a city mayor that, that cares more about the schools than, than I do. And I happen to have a personal vested interest because all three of my kids currently attend public public schools well and mayor just sort of follow up on where mr york was going there it's and and these numbers are rough you know give or take 20 percent but it's my understanding that in the city of columbia we've presently got uh about fifteen thousand rooftops households in the city of columbia and are approved by the city of columbia for construction uh which will happen, you know, in the next five years or so, uh, or another 15,000. In other words, we're, we're going to double the number of households uh, we've got uh, in the city of Columbia in, in the next five years. Um, well, I, Doug, actually, you know, number one, 20% is a big difference. So, I mean, 20% of 15, either way, I think, I don't know that that's an accurate number. But but more importantly, the thing that you have to remember, and I've heard that, that you know, state about well, it. Am I wrong on that? Well, it's it's not 15,000. But, but more importantly, I think the, the bigger piece of that is that those are uh, developments that have been approved. Those developments, in many cases, are 10-year are type of phases to where right. you're going 
gonna you're talking about over the next 10 years if 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 you're you know if every one of those were approved at least 10 years but 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 also delk a lot of those never come to fruition those are developers that come in and get approval they sell them off we've seen several projects that that never ultimately happen and so you know if you get 50 percent of the approvals you're probably operating on a high yield rate and so again i I hear that number used quite a bit but i think it's a little bit of a misnomer when you actually dig a little deeper well i mean any way you look at it though i mean say if you get a 50 percent i'm not thinking so much about the numbers is i'm thinking about you know over the next five years the city of columbia increasing its households by 100 percent 50 percent whatever any any way you go on that that's a big deal how do you how do you um how do you see us what what are the problems that's going to cause and how do we handle it well i i happen to believe that that if if you think being a growing community is a problem uh the 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 problem that's worse than that is being a dying community well no no, i don't think being a growing community is a problem but i I mean obviously the uh, city the city's going to have to react to the those increasing households that's right and you know we've done a lot of things delk over the last four years to to help growth pay for growth for example we've enacted a wastewater impact fee that will help fund our new 50 million dollar wastewater treatment plant that will ensure we have proper wastewater capacity over the next 50 years i think that's an example of infrastructure investments that we've made that's significant as you may know it's it's actually it's the most significant capital project we've ever had in the city of columbia over 50 or uh, 50 million dollars and 50 years of capacity that will have wastewater that um, those things don't just happen i think those happen with intentional leadership Uh, i mentioned the wastewater impact fee so that i can now say as you may know i also am a supporter of of an impact fee for the county uh never before has a columbia mayor ever been a supporter of that impact fee i think the time is now i think actually it's a past time i think in order to do that uh as you as we saw with with what i believe was a was a half-hearted uh effort last legislative session you you can't do something that significant without doing it strategically and intentionally and i think it's going to take the county mayor the mayors of spring hill mount pleasant and columbia to come together to work with our other partners that are out there that have influence in the legislature and really do a a team-led kind of approach and in a way that's intentional i never will forget i was with the speaker of the house of representatives cameron sexton the day after the impact fee failed for murray county and i remember him saying something oh mayor yeah that impact fee i don't really know what it was about but i know it failed paraphrasing there but but the point is is that we've got to make sure that the speaker of the house who's going to have some control over how that bill flows through the house knows darn sure what that impact fee is before he's the next day saying hey it failed sorry about that because i think when you look at the millions of dollars delk that have been left on the table for the county not having an impact fee it's really a tragedy and maybe the greater tragedy is that our friends in williamson county uh rogers anderson friend of mine county mayor longtime county mayor great guy and Ken Moore, the Franklin mayor, um, they get to have an impact fee. And they're building new schools left and right, and it's in su- supported in large part by the fact that they have an impact fee, growth paying for growth. And I think it has to happen, but it's not going to just happen if we're just you know talking about it. It's only going to happen if we sit down and make sure that we do it in a way that can, can, can pass in the state legislature. I couldn't agree more. Of course, now the impact fee would go to the county and be uh, – largely directed toward the schools for all these new folks that are moving in uh the city though has got to roads parks red lights 
sewer systems <laughs> yeah and so so the county impact fee again to your point is is just a way that i think that we can help support in order to help with the infrastructure needs but to go back to the city infrastructure needs i mentioned the wastewater treatment plant uh you may know that that columbia power and water system is working on a 200 million dollar plus uh water expansion project that will ensure that we have adequate water capacity for the next 25 years not just for columbia which they you know we are their largest customer so to speak but for really the surrounding area Area. I think that's important. Uh, I was in a meeting with Scott Dahlstrom just a couple weeks ago updating us on the status of that project. Truly a significant project uh, that will help ensure our water capacity is there for the next 25 plus years. We've added over $5.2 million in street paving over the last two years. One thing that, that the City of Columbia um, did did not do as well as it should have over the last decade um, is, is pave our roads. And so we've really doubled down on that. This past year was a $3.1 million dollar investment that was the largest street paving investment in city history paved over 10 percent of city streets um and and that's something i'm really proud of because i think to your point roads are, are very important one other thing on roads that started to happen and we can talk about growth and development whenever you're ready. But what we're seeing now is we're able to be a little more selective in the developments that are coming in. But but more importantly, we're actually having communications with the county highway department because a lot of these annexations that are coming to Columbia, because of property owners' request, by the way, the annexation only happens if the property owner is asking it to happen. Right. The, the county roads were not also being annexed in at the same time, which was creating a big problem because, as you know, city streets have higher standards. And, and uh, what we didn't want, is for a county to have to, to to maintain a road that the city resident is is utilizing, and so it's it's crazy to think that that previously the annexations were just happening and the county roads were still just staying right by what was be city property, but that has now changed, and so the roads are also being annexed in. Again, a city road it just has higher standards than a county road, and and that's another improvement and upgrade that you're seeing as well. So um, there's a lot of infrastructure things that are happening from a city perspective, um, but again, I think overall from a school's perspective to go back to the basis of your question that impact fee is going to be an important piece of it there we go all right let's take a break hey, and come back and miss york save your question we'll, we'll go to yeah, you I'll first save my question. okay we'll go to you first when we come back This is Barry Duke, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. So you had an accident. Now what? Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop. You can count on us to repair all makes and models. Our certified techs will take care of everything from frame damage inspection to bump out or replacement with OEM parts. We've got the expertise to make your vehicle better than new and get you back on the road in no time. Plus, our collision work is guaranteed for the life of your car. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop to the rescue. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us. Let's talk custom design jewelry. Did you know Tillis Jewelry in downtown Columbia creates custom design jewelry and has been for over 30 years? From one-of-a-kind engagement rings to wedding bands and so much more. We want each piece to be as unique as you are and create a family heirloom for tomorrow. Call today and make an appointment with one of our designers. And just for calling, you will receive a free 30-minute consultation. Tillis Jewelry, creating custom jewelry proudly in Tennessee.
For 40 years, Beck Dental Care has been the personalized and comfortable option for the health of your smile. The caring staff maintains a high level of safety protocols and attention to detail. Advanced technology provides your choice of sedation and the best of dental implant solutions to restore complete oral health. Open until 6 p.m. two nights a week. Call us at 931-388-8452 or visit us online at beckdentalcare.com. What's your favorite high school sports memory? A late-inning rally? A game-winning shot? A photo finish? Maybe it's a pep rally or a pregame ritual. Maybe it's the euphoria of a late-night bus ride home after a hard-fought win. Maybe it's having pizza with teammates after the game. Now, imagine if it never happened at all. School sports need your help. With budgets getting tighter, it's more than the games that are on the line. It's all the traditions, the community pride, the culture of your hometown high school, plus all those memories that are on the line, too. What can you do? It's simple. Buy a ticket when you can. Go to a game. Take the whole family. Let's do everything we can to keep those cherished school sports memories alive. This message presented by the Tennessee Secondary School Athletic Association and the Tennessee Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. It's grilling and chillin' season, and Hiller is giving away backyard freebies all September. This month, when you upgrade to a new tankless water heater, we'll give you a free Yeti Tundra cooler, or get a free Traeger grill with any new whole home generator. And we're offering special zero-interest financing for up to 48 months on select new HVAC system replacements. Book online at happyhiller.com today. Happy you'll be, or the service is free. Call the happy face truck today. Are we gonna do what they say can't be done? We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm eastbound up, watch your bandit run. Hey, welcome back. Three dudes with a view. I am dude number three, Delt Kennedy. It's Monday edition. Dude number two, Clayton Harris. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Delt. Good morning, everybody. Dude number one, Mr. Jim York. How are you? Mr. York? Good morning, Delt. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you, Mr. York. All yeah. right. We Good are morning. visiting this morning with uh, Mayor Chaz Boulder of Columbia. He is uh, just finishing his first term as mayor and is running for re-election. We've been talking about growth and the potential uh, ramifications of that in the city of Columbia over the next few years and over the course of his four-year term, if he's re-elected, growth will be significant. Exactly how much is hard to tell, but it's not going to be small. Uh, Mr. York, you got another question there? Yeah, man, I was going to ask you, you rattle off several grants, $50 million, $250 million. I know Bill White got some infrastructure money down there to expand his water facilities, and you talked about wastewater and water facilities. 
Are those dollars coming from the federal infrastructure uh, bill that was passed? Well, the, uh, yes and no, Mr. York. First of all, those those capital projects are actually are, are the, the total expense of those two respective projects, the $50 million and the $200 million. Uh, that's the total project cost. And, and yes, uh, federal grants, uh, some of the infrastructure-related grants are helping fund um, some of those projects, certainly not all, but, but for example, the, the, the broadband uh, announcement. Again, I'm just so excited about because of what it means to those out in the county that county that don't have broadband, it's going to literally be life-changing and maybe even life-saving when you consider it will provide access to telemedicine and other things that they don't currently have access to. Uh, and I know that was part of the infrastructure grant. So we've definitely been very fortunate with respect to federal funds and state funds that have that have come down to us. Uh, those don't happen without a lot of effort and, 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 and application. In fact, uh, just last week, you may have seen that the Columbia Fire Department was just awarded a $500,000 grant, federal grant, thanks to Congressman Deja and Mark Green for their leadership in that regard. But that uh, was the largest grant in the history of the fire department. Again, those don't just happen unless you go out and get them. And so we've been very fortunate uh, to receive uh, our fair share of, of federal dollars uh, thanks to, to grants from infrastructure bills and, and other federal uh, funds. There you go. Um, okay. Thank you. Mayor, what's, you know, the in terms of growth, the uh, – you know, you hear a lot of buzzwords going around like urban growth boundaries, smart growth, that type of thing. What are your thoughts? Well, I think uh, I, I like the term responsible growth. Uh, I think you want to grow in a way that's meaningful and, and not in a way that, that, that lacks uh, vision and foresight. One thing I was real proud about to, to uh, this past year, we, we passed a new zoning ordinance, uh, which really just enhances the design standards in the city of Columbia. And, you know, Del, 10 years ago, uh, certainly predates my time as, uh, as mayor, um, some of the developments that came in, we were just happy as a city to have new development right that's uh, yeah. uh, you know and you drive around town and and you know yeah, you yeah they were the only people coming to the dance a- right. absolutely and and now that's not the case and what you see now is um you know a, a better outcome as a result because we are able to scrutinize projects in a way that we never have before and that's because we have such a demand so for example uh you have developers that come in uh the one that i can specifically recall uh off greens mill road and when they started their first initial presentation to the planning commission uh, was over 1200 residential units and by the time it ultimately got whittled down and approved uh, it was less than 700 so they almost decreased the development in half as a result of a few things number one uh, uh, city staff who again are leading the charge and being more intentional and in providing greater scrutiny a planning commission now that is not just approving anything just because but it's truly taking a strong look at every development that comes through a city council that's treating it the same way. But what I'm most proud about, Delk, is the amount of public input uh, that we now have. And it's what I tell developers all the time. At the end of the day, you know, I'm not necessarily suggesting that you have to have unanimous support because, as we know, there's not, never going to be unanimous support on anything, specifically on a growth topic. But I at least want their voices to be heard. Uh, there's a development now going uh, or in the works uh, off of Trotwood Avenue. 
going towards Mount Pleasant. And um, when they started their project, it was just rampant with with uh, negative and uh, opposition from surrounding adjoining landowners. And again, it's not unanimous in support at this point, but now there are actually adjoining property owners that are coming to the meetings and saying, hey, look, we like this product. We're, we're on board with this. And I think that's what responsible growth is. It's something okay. that has everybody with a seat at the table. Yeah. Okay. Clayton, what you got? Well, uh, Mr. Mayor, we talked about growth, and we've talked about all these things uh, that, that you guys uh, have mentioned earlier. Uh, what are the projections of where Columbia is going to be at as far as population-wise in another five or ten years? Have you, have you seen anything regarding, you know, right now, I think for Murray County, we're at 100,000. City of Columbia, though, where do you see us in, in five or ten years? Well, you're right, Clayton. Um, Columbia, or Murray County, hit 100,000 in the last census, uh, which you know, really puts us into a different tier i mean there there are much fewer counties that have a hundred thousand or more population and so we're now in that in that tier which you know has has some value actually to that um and the city of columbia population is forty thousand uh represented about a 13 and a half percent growth from the 10 year prior uh i anticipate that we're on uh, a slightly higher trajectory of 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 growth not that much higher i'd say somewhere around 15 percent is what we could look at over a 10-year period of growth and again i think that's the kind of growth that you want to see. You certainly don't want to be a community that that has lost population, right. and there are some of those in the state of Tennessee that has. But you know, Middle Tennessee is really the epicenter of growth. We saw the growth in Murray County start ten years ago with Spring Hill, and and really Columbia is in the phase of growth that Spring Hill was in about seven to eight years ago. And we know that we won't have that forever. The the current trajectory it'll it'll continue on south. I think Mount Pleasant is starting to see uh, some some small developments and growth here and there and and you know they know it's coming just like we knew it was coming when it was happening in spring hill so um that's the the kind of trajectory and i think it's important that we remember clayton that you know we want to grow in a responsible way and we we want to be proud of the fact that people want to come here we want to be a place that developers want to come but also that people want to live and and those don't have to be mutually exclusive um and so i think you you look at those things in a way that when you're growing you're going to have growing pains there are going to be people that disagree vehemently on both sides some people want to cut off all growth some people just want to pass all growth and i'm not either one of those people i'm someone that's in the middle just like within most things uh and i want to do it in a way that's responsible and that everyone can be proud speaking of growth uh i think it was you i saw that you posted about bear creek uh you still see a plan where we end up four-laning that thing all the way out to the interstate. Every time I see the TDOT commissioner uh, or the the former assistant commissioner, he actually just recently retired, um, before I even open my mouth, they come up to me and say, Mayor, we know bear creek pike four lane so we've definitely uh provided that that choir every time we have the audience uh i do think it's going to happen uh as, as as most of your listeners probably know we actually for the most part uh, already have the right-of-ways on either side of that for that expansion which generally is one of the biggest hurdles to, to get that done uh, i know representative sapicki and and senator hensley are very well aware of our of our need there i know they're both in support of it and uh, again much like the impact fee that i think we have to work together on 
on a united voice i think the the bear creek expansion is one of those as well because as you know right now currently there's a state project going on at at that uh, exit out at bear creek pike uh, right. 50 million dollar uh total overhaul it's going to be one of the nicest interstate uh exchanges in the state once it's finished they're making some great progress if you haven't been out there we're also doing some uh traffic related improvements at the intersection of bear creek pike and nashville highway with the lights and some things more smart technology to help with the flow of traffic there and so when you have either end of bear creek pike getting enhancements and improvements to to get the middle uh four lane i think would lead to overall better flow and you know anything we can do to alleviate some of the traffic that we're seeing on on nashville highway would, would obviously be a good thing and i think the four laning of bear creek pike would lead to just that yeah you would essentially be four, four laning uh that road all the way from the interstate to florence alabama uh once that happens any update on the property there on nashville highway in bear creek where you know there was talk about a p- potential hotel uh you know the developer had some issues legally those got dropped i saw any update on that well, that's another very interesting topic. Uh, it's also a, a, a property that that was incentivized by the city prior to my coming on board. But uh, I'm, uh, you know, have been involved with that since being on board. And to your point, yes, the developer had some issues. Um, I understand perhaps uh, those have been now resolved. Um, I also understand that he's moving forward with perhaps selling that property and, and may have already done that. I'm not sure, Clayton. I'm sure it's public record if it's already been done. Um, but I think at the time. Um, it was right to try to incentivize a hotel. I think the city of Columbia uh, needs a hotel in its urban core. Uh, I know there are a lot of hotel developers that are currently looking at various properties inside Columbia, and so I I thought that the the vision by the city to try to incentivize that was a good one. Unfortunately, it fell a little flat, and so now that property is probably going to go on to be something else, but it's still a good piece of property in that corridor, and, uh, you know, unfortunately, it won't be a hotel, but, but we're speaking with other hotel developers now to try to find a location because again right now in fact our hotel motel tax revenue uh has brought in already more in 2022 and we're only we're not even in the fourth quarter yet than it's ever brought in before in any of its years wow and you know that tells us a few things number one that tells us that we still have a lot of visitors and tourists here but that's also giving us opportunities to fund things with regards to our tourism and marketing which we use that tax to do and again that's an example of tax dollars that are being derived primarily from folks who don't live here who don't use our roads on a permanent basis who don't use our schools but that are funding things that are we the folks who do live here utilize and i think that's just yet another example of of smart responsible uh revenue and growth all right and mayor i know you were particularly interested in uh somehow this the city uh, partnered or, or uh, assisted with the renovation at the old Shady Brook Mall, which is currently going on. Uh, you had an interest in that. What, what's happening there? Well, my interest in that obviously was the fact that, you know, that is sort of the core of commerce uh, for the city of Columbia. Uh, James Campbell Boulevard uh, obviously is where a lot of commerce happens on a daily basis. And so, I thought that, you know, driving past what is basically a dilapidated, outdated, and underutilized mall structure is something that, as a city, we needed to try to figure out how to try to change that trajectory a little bit. And so I uh, picked up the phone and called the mall ownership group. It was not an easy conversation, frankly. They they owned the dirt, and it was cash flowing, and they had no debt on it. And that was not the case for several of their other properties across the country. So, you know, really, they were content to let that property continue to sit there as it was 
was uh, for the foreseeable future. And so we felt like it was important enough as a community, um, not just from a from a tax revenue perspective, and certainly the, the sales tax revenue that will be generated from those sites once they're finished will be significant, but more importantly, just from an optic standpoint, to, when you're driving down James Campbell Boulevard and seeing a mall site that was just really flat uh, with something that just didn't, I don't think, looked well for our own uh, residents or, or, or visitors. And so now what we're seeing is a $6 million redevelopment project that they're currently underway on. It has been a slow-moving project, uh, as your listeners will know, much like much construction projects are these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, AT&T is not involved. That's right. But, but they're, they're, uh, they're, they're slowly but surely uh, coming on board. We do keep in touch with them regularly. I know that they are in the process of, of signing some leases with tenants. And, again, we'll bring some things to the city of Columbia for our residents that, that we haven't had. And that's you know just other retail options. And I think that's important uh, for all of us as we look to that live work and raise a family component there you go all right we're getting toward the end of our hour here so let's let's sort of wrap it up in in a package one more time what are you what are you uh proudest of uh happening in your first term and what do you look forward to doing in your second term as mayor of columbia well, you know, Delk, when I, my first political campaign that I can remember was working on Sam Kennedy for county executive. And I had, I had the t-shirt, I had the yard sign. And I remember looking up to Sam Kennedy at the time that he was county executive. The, the next one that I can remember as a kid was Mayor Barbara McIntyre, the Columbia mayor. And I remember when I was student body president at Central High School, I called her and asked her if she could put a sign on James Campbell that had Columbia Central High School with an arrow pointing down Line Parkway. And that sign's still there. All right. And I'll never forget that. But I bring up those two people because I think that they were people that we could look up to and that we could be proud that they were our mayors. And really, that's been my primary objective. I've tried to be the kind of mayor that you might not agree with me on every decision, uh, but you probably will agree with me on some decisions if you just stick with me. And to be a, a positive face and a positive voice for our community, and that's probably what I'm most proud of. Now, there are several other things that we could spit off in terms of our pride, you know, again, from a from a fiscal management perspective from an investment in infrastructure that we've done as a community uh, from from replacing streetlights and saving four hundred thousand dollars annually to making sure our police and fire protection continue to provide the best possible protection and keeping our community safe seeing our crime rates go down there's so many things i'm proud of but being a positive face and voice for this community is what i'm most proud of and that's what i'm going to continue to build on over the next four years there you go all right mayor Chaz molder uh city of columbia uh it's, it's well, good luck, Mayor. Thank you for yeah. your leadership and your, your proactive stance on all the things that you've talked about. And uh, we hope you I hope you good luck. I, I'm the only Democrat on the program, but I hope you good luck and uh, you'll continue to reign as the mayor of Columbia. Well, Mr. York, I say thank you. You know, the beauty of this race is it's a nonpartisan race. As you know, state law actually says municipal elections shall be nonpartisan. I happen to believe that's a good thing. And uh, I'm wanting votes, Republican, Democrat, independent. We're going to be a mayor for all, not for some. Yeah, so thank you. The things you've talked about have just simply not been partisan issues. Um, Mayor Mulder, come back and visit with us before the election and after the election. Absolutely. Sounds good. Thank you, dudes. See you. Have a great day, listening audience.